So that first meeting that you have with a prospect to start understanding and determining, is there a reason for us to progress? And the reason needs to be centered around a problem statement. And going to that first meeting with your point of view is actually really, really important because your point of view allows you to start the conversation. It leads them to a point of you asking some questions and they start sharing some information with you. Usually I send that document post that first meeting. So it was an action of that first meeting because in most cases as well, Dave, you're not just selling to one person. You need to get multiple people yeah. involved in the sales process. Welcome to another episode of the How to Sell podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenzi, and as always, I'm pumped on it and excited that you've joined us. What is going to be a little bit of a different episode this week, um, but I just want to say, if you're joining us for the very first time, thank you very much for showing up. We hope you take away some actionable insights that will help you sell more. And if you're a long-time listener, thank you so much for coming. Um, don't forget, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to so that you can get our insights on your phone, wherever you listen, every single week. And as always, I'm getting used to it. I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. Welcome to this week's episode. Thanks, Louis. Uh, well, let's just dive right in, right? So look, what's going to be different about this week's episode than all the others that we do? So last week, we had a great episode with John. Um, and if you haven't listened to it, I suggest you go back um, and, and hear that episode. But the reason why we're putting this particular episode in in place is um, during the interview we had with John, John mentioned he had a need for a product to help augment something that he's doing. He wanted to look at AI as a tool and they went through this, you know, really long sales process only to get to a point of this is not for us, right? But what, what was yeah. really, what stood out quite a lot was the fact that the sales person that he was dealing with didn't really facilitate a business case, didn't put together a document that really quantified the return on investment. And ultimately, John and his team had to put that together themselves, right? And this is a big risk that we see in a lot of deals. A lot of deals get stuck in no decision or status quo, right? And I think the data shares, you know, 40 to 60% of deals get stuck in this space, in the no man's land. Um, because of the fact that there's just not enough, there's not, a, not enough consensus, they can't quantify the problem, they can't determine if they've got the right solution to meet their outcomes and their needs. There's a couple of things that impact that, right? And But in most cases, it starts because the business case is not, is not, it hasn't been developed. So this week, what we're going to do is going to break down what are the fundamental components that make up a good business case. And uh, we'll also provide a link of, of what we use as a scoping document that turns into a business case post that first meeting. Louis, before you dive into that, I, I want to ask, you know, when, when is the right time to use a, a business case? Now, what I mean by that is, you know, what from your experience should be the, the size of the deal to warrant the effort to go into business case. Um, I, I've been lazy in the past life in, in selling different mm. services and products where I probably should have or shouldn't have. I mm. think, you know, is a 5,000 deal warranted or is it only for 50,000 plus? What's your experience here? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And I get this, this is a, probably the most common question I get asked. Oh, how much work do I have to put in if it's only five grand, right? You kind of go, well, if it's only five grand, for some people spending five grand, that's a lot of money, yeah? And we've got to mm. sometimes think about this and go, hang on a second, let me put my need 
second for a minute and let me really think about this from the buyer's perspective. And that's why we put together this podcast, right? Because we want to help shift the way sellers look at things and we want them to look at it from the buyer's perspective. Now, the framework that I'm going to walk um, walk our audience through today, Dave, is a framework that can be used in a more complex, larger deal, 50, a mil, 10 mil, but it can also be used for those three, five, 10, 20K deals, right? The only difference is the way you communicate that to the to the prospect and to the client, yeah? So to answer your question, in every, every decision-making process somebody's making, they are doing an assessment of what am I going to get for the money that I spend, yeah? What we're trying to do here is we're trying to help facilitate that thought process so we can help them quantify that versus just letting them come up with their own number or come up with their own answer to the question because often what happens and what kills deals is silent objections, right? The objection that they never bring up becomes a question that they don't answer and then there's a lack of information and that lack of information stops them from progressing. Yeah, that's why when people say you handle an objection, no, it's simply about enabling them with the right level of information so they can have the confidence to move forward, yeah? And often that lack of information yeah. stops them from moving forward. So we're either going to do one of two things here. We're going to have a little bit of control and try to influence the process, or we don't. So this is about helping influence that process and giving enough information to the buyer. Because at the end of the day, you can't control the decision the buyer makes. What you can do is help them sort of determine what am I spending and what am I getting? Is it worth me making this investment or is it worth me just saying no? Yeah. Now, this sounds like a shit ton of work, but it doesn't have to be, right? Like there's two ways no. of doing it. You could do a one pager. You can do it a bit more in depth depending on, on the deal Correct. size. Um, so th- th- this sounds great because um, look, we, we do this ourselves yeah. um, and try to build this into our process. So l- let's break it down for us, Louis. What should be in a business case? Pardon the interruption, but I have to let you know about this free resource. The Growth Forum newsletter has over 10,000 subscribers that are learning how to sell. Each and every week, we send you tips, strategies, and also some tools and tech on how to achieve the most out of your sales pipeline. If you're ready to level up, sign up for free at growforum.io forward slash newsletter and get the first issue this week. Yeah, perfect. And you've actually really... You've hit the nail on the head here, right? It does sound like a lot of work, but again, it can be a document that you send as a Google mm. Doc, right? And, or it can be an email, but what, what needs to be in that communication? And there are some pretty cool tools out there. You can get, you know, digital sales rooms that you can put this together and send it out. But if you just want to start and you're not using something like this at the moment, just start with a basic Google Doc. And the reason why I love Google Docs is because it becomes a tool that you can collaborate with the prospect. You can actually send it to them and ask them for feedback and get them to start working on the document together, right? And we know one of the stages of commitment in the sales process is the commitment to collaboration. But let me just go back a step. So what's really, really important and when you start to produce this document is the minute you have that first meeting. So that first meeting that you have with a prospect to start understanding and determining is there a reason for us to progress? And the reason needs to be centered around a problem statement, yeah? So there needs to be some form of problem that you're discussing where your solution could help them solve because if there's no problem, there's no sale, right? Nobody's gonna say to you, Dave, 
I want to give you money just for the sake of giving you money because I like you. Unfortunately, that doesn't really happen in business, right? There needs to be a problem. So the very first part of the business case needs to be centered around the problem statement, right? And sometimes the prospect hasn't got clarity over what that problem statement is. And that's why that first meeting, it's important to really go in and ask some questions to get clarity over that problem statement, right? So the first part of the business case needs to be built around the problem statement. And usually you have an executive summary and the executive summary, I'm not talking about a two page document. I'm talking about, you know, a hundred, 150 words. This is why we met. This is what we discussed. And this is what the problem statement is for the business. Then what's important to have underneath that, depending on the role of the person you're talking to, right? Because usually what happens is, is, and again, depending on the size of the opportunity will depend on how deep you go here. In some cases, you might start to determine the KPIs that are important to them. You might say, hey, these are some key KPIs that you're working on, and this is the gap, yeah? These are the, these, this is the gap that's preventing you from achieving those KPIs. So there's, now you're starting to get the commercial aspect of the business case. Then the next section needs to have stuff around your current state. So what's currently impacting you, your business, performance, customers, you know, whatever you've captured in that meeting. And then you need to have some form of desired state. So what are the outcomes that you're looking to achieve, right? And then you have your mutual action plan below, which are the steps that you need to do in order to progress this opportunity further. Now, if you think about that now, I've just laid out kind of that foundation of your business case. Now, mm. we call that our scoping document, right? Because, you know, before we can even think about demo, before we can even think about solution, we need to get clarity over the scope. And what that does is it allows us to go, hey, we're getting an understanding. These are the problems that you're facing. This is what's happening in your business. This is the impact of these problems and the KPIs, but this is where you're going because people don't buy what you do, they buy the outcome you help them achieve. So determining those desired state points is critical. And then having a very clear action plan. Now, are you doing this with them on a call? You're bringing up a Google Doc and you're typing things down and you're, are you asking, you know, do you agree with this point? Talk to, share how you do it like live with a, I've seen you do this sometimes with a prospect where you're walking through a doc or, you know, is yep. there something that happens after? Uh, let's get real practical here on how do you put this together? Yeah, so usually what happens, what's in the typical sales process you're having that first meeting because remember they're also doing some form of assessment on you in that first meeting as well, right? So you, yeah. we talk about this discovery stage of the sales process. The buyer is doing an assessment. Now, you know, this is why going to that first meeting with your point of view is actually really, really important because your point of view allows you to start the conversation. It leads them to a point of aha, you're asking some questions and they start sharing some information with you. Usually I send that document post that first meeting. So it was an action of that first meeting, because in most cases as well, Dave, you're not just selling to one person. You need to get multiple people yeah. involved in the sales process, yeah? So this is a way yeah. to get influence across the wider buying committee. And so typically what happens is you have that first meeting, and you say, great, look, based on what you've shared, it looks like there's an opportunity for us to maybe scope this out further. And this is where you use language like this. Typically what we do at this stage of the process is We'll put together our notes. I'll share it with you in a scoping document. Um, and what we usually do is we usually extend that to some other people that this problem is impacting. 
and we get them and, and we start to share this and collaborate just to get consensus around this problem and also get their feedback. And then we have another meeting to sort of discuss what this looks like before moving to that next step of actually looking at some options that could help you, right? And that reduces the tension from the prospect side. They're like, okay, so typically this is what happens. Because remember, they don't buy what we sell all the time, yeah? Hmm. In, in a lot of cases, they're not buying what we sell maybe once a year, maybe once every two. Sometimes they've never bought it before. So they don't really know the steps to progress. So this so is telling guide, you typically this will happen. You're going to guide them, right? I mean, that's you're the facilitator hmm. of the sales process. So by having by by finishing up that that meeting with a clear action step and often what i do is i also then put some time into the calendar to, to review that doc with them as well because you want to make sure you're getting that next step in the you know commitment to the next step in the process but again depending on the size if it's a sizable deal i'll put together a two-page one to two-page doc which captures you know that framework I send it to them in a Google Doc. I allow them to have commentary access so they can put their comments on the side. Because once they start jumping into that document and start changing things, maybe they say, no, you didn't understand this right. Or actually, upon reflection, this is what I want to put in there. They start to then, you know, they're, they're starting to co-create, right? They're becoming part of the process. Yeah. There was one thing you glazed over, not glazed over, you went over it quickly, but I think it's critical. It's getting their buy-in. So organizing the next call on that call, um, mm. getting them invested in to create. It's almost like that Ikea effect, right? When you, know, you build something, it might be a you know shonky, dodgy chair with leftover parts, but they've invested into it at the time. Correct. You know, so now they want it, they want to see it through. Okay, cool. And they, and they, next. Put, they place more value on it, right? So they place more value, like mm. you said, with the Ikea effect they place more value because they're starting to put it together with you. Yeah. You're also moving away from I'm selling something to you to now I'm coming around the table and I'm sitting next to you. So we're, we're doing this side by side. I'm becoming like a colleague. Yeah. That's really, really important as part of the process as well. So now if it's a smaller deal, you still follow the same process. You just send them an email and you do the same thing. You say, you know, hi Dave, thanks for meeting with me. During a meeting, you mentioned bang is a, is a key problem that you're trying to overcome at the moment. These are some of the challenges that are impacting you. Bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. These are the outcomes you're looking to achieve. You know, does it make sense for us to do X? Or are there any additional um, items you want to add to above before we move to presenting our solution? Something like that. Yeah. Now, you can have variances of that email. You can have you know, in order to yep. go to the next stage, can you just validate this internally so we can book the next meeting in and present to the wider stakeholder group about X, yeah? So again, depending on the type of business, like I said, we've got a very short period of time here, Dave. You know, you'd obviously change that depending on the size of the organization, who you're talking to, et cetera. But that's the same doc in an email process. If it's three to 5K, you just lighten it, right? but it's still focusing on problem, current, future, next steps, yeah? But in the doc, it's a bit more detailed because you know you want them to share that document. You want them to actually, and, and Aligned, so Aligned is a digital um, a platform that has digital sales rooms and they've got some interesting data from looking at various deals. You know, they've, they've, they've reviewed thousands of deals and they've said, usually what happens in deal you might think there's five stakeholders when in fact there's 10 stakeholders. There's usually double the amount of stakeholders involved in the buying committee. So 
you know, that's why it's important to create a document that they can collaborate and share internally to get that consensus. Because again, one of the biggest deal killers is consensus, is people are not aligned on the problem they're trying to solve, right? Do you have a great product, but are struggling to reach more customers? Are you spending hours on sales activities that aren't generating results, leaving you feeling frustrated and discouraged? The SalesOS program is a step-by-step -step operating system that will help you slash your selling hours in half while rapidly growing your revenue. In under just two weeks, you can be well on your way to creating predictable revenue. In SalesOS, we'll show you how to build predictable sales pipeline, build lasting relationships with your customers, and sell more in less time. The art of negotiation and motivating and leading a successful sales team. If this sounds like something that you need in your business, visit growforum.io forward slash sales and apply to see if you have the right mindset to achieve predictable revenue. The Sales OS program is your ticket to predictable revenue. Don't wait any longer, apply today. Now you don't want to determine that right at the end. You've gone to solution, you've yeah, demoed right. or you've presented, you've gone to solution, you sent that proposal, they come back, they go, look, this is not right for us because we can't get consensus. You want to kind of pull that out beforehand. And this is where the challenger questions will kick into this process as well, right? Asking some questions of the buying committee to see if there's alignment across the problem. And is it, is it, you know, from a priority perspective, is it a priority for all the stakeholders or do they have conflicting priorities? Yeah, because these are the nuances that impact, especially complex B2B sales. So now we're going a bit deeper into the nuances, but from a business case perspective, the key takeaway for this week's episode, it's if you have a meeting with somebody, don't just move to the next step and say, great, test my product, here's a demo, here's a proposal. You've got to have something that you insert pre. And it should be the scoping doc because the scoping doc will usually turn into that business case. And in most cases, that is the document, that one page or two page that will become the foundation of your proposal. Yeah? Because, and, and again, yep. I've seen this day, we've reviewed hundreds and hundreds of proposals and most proposals will start with talking about the selling organization. This is who we are. This is what we do. These are the awards we've won. And then it goes in, this is the solution and this is the price. You know what? They don't care about all that. They can get that off your website. The first two pages of every proposal should be, these are the problems that you're trying to solve. This is what's currently happening in your business to make this a priority. These are the outcomes you're looking to achieve. And this is the expected return on investment based on X. Yeah. And this is what it's going to be costing you for the investment parameters. That should be the first, second page of the proposal. Then you move into, hey, you know, what are you going to do to deliver X? Then who we are, et cetera. Right. But we are the... the the organization selling is down the bottom, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we've asked this of, you know, countless CEOs, countless CFOs and, and buying people in the buying hierarchy. They say, I only look at what's it going to cost me and what's my, what, what's my expected return and why are we actually looking to solve this problem? Yeah. Um, and, and that's why it's critical that we use this particular step in the sales process to start to build out that scope, right? No, that was awesome, mate. There was a, a masterclass on business case development. <laughs> now, yeah. you, you've heard Louis talk about the doc, the doc, the doc, you know, during that, uh, during this episode. If you want to get your hands on a templated doc that we have, after this episode, reach out to us on LinkedIn, mention this episode, whether you watched it on YouTube or on your favorite podcast mm. player, and we're 
send us a comment and we'll give you that document. You could duplicate it, yep. make it your own and apply it to your business. Okay, so it's not going to be in the notes. I'm going to make you do a little bit of work here. Reach out to us on LinkedIn, <laughs> right? Tell us you mentioned you listened to the episode and you that doc is yours. So, yeah, Louis, any other parting uh, thoughts before we wrap up no, the show? We're coming close with our um, How to Sell to Enablement. We've got a couple of interviews left, and then we will start, we'll release the first playbook on how to sell to enablement professionals, which will have the personas. It'll have the key questions to ask. It'll have everything that you need to sell to enablement based on the, the interviews, the sessions that we've had with different enablement professionals. So that's going to be something that we'll be releasing in December. So, you know, keep, make sure you keep following, keep listening, hit that subscribe button. And as always, thanks for uh, being part of the Growth Forum community and joining us on the How to Sell podcast. Until next week, keep selling, keep winning and sell ethically in the world of sales. See you all next week.